Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 270. Today is July 20th, 2023. Can't believe we're at the tail end of July. It still feels like it should like maybe be May. See what I did there? Uh, but it's not, you know. Um, it's always crazy to me when I'm like, Christmas, I love Christmas. You guys know I love Christmas. We always do Christmas themed things on Elijah Fire. Um, and then we hit January and then my birthday. And then like we hit January and it's like, damn, Christmas is so far away. And as a kid, it definitely felt that way. But the older I get, the I it just you blink and it's here again. So Christmas, here we come. That's what I'm saying. Everybody in the comments, yeah, I know, I know that. I know I have other Christmas lovers in the comments. They're going to be like, yo, represent Christmas tree emoji. So very exciting. And then if you guys are listening to this on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast on Spotify. If you're not already, that'll really help us out. If you're listening in the app, rate this podcast, give us an honest review. That'll really help us out. And also wherever you're listening to this uh, in audio form, make sure to rate the Elijah Fire podcast. That'll really help us out. So. Um, anytime you guys donate to elijahstreams.com slash donate again, uh, dissolving elijahfire.com slash donate. We're, we're, you know, we're just moving forward. It's elijahstreams.com slash donate. We're under the umbrella of Elijah streams. So, um, that really just easier that way. Um, but anytime you guys donate, we take a small proceed of every single one of those donations and we funnel it into our amazing water well efforts. We're moving and grooving you guys. We're changing communities because of your guys' generosity. We'd just be able to do so much. And I'm just blown away even what we've achieved this year. So we're going to play a quick video, and then we're going to get going with our amazing guest today. Every child deserves hope, an education, good health, a future. In Uganda, those things are stolen from children. One of those thieves is dirty water. In Uganda, some people only have access to muddied, filthy water. It is killing them. But you can help save the future generations. Give a gift towards the drilling of clean water wells. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com donate. Amazing. We're getting so many new testimonies, you guys. Uh, so we played some of them, but uh, I've... I've Testimonies from these communities that have been impacted by these wells and how it's transformed their, commu their community. So it's very exciting, very exciting times. So, okay, uh, today's guest, we got recommended to us by Kara Starnes. You guys all know Kara Starnes. You love her. She did an amazing uh, teaching series with us about renewing your mind. Um, and she was like, you guys got to check out Tommy John. He's an amazing guy, powerful testimony. And he does have a really powerful testimony. All of us have power powerful testimonies, but uh, this is just a great example about, especially with everything that's going on right now with um, identity issues, uh, this is a really, really important testimony. So um, it, as it pertains to that specific topic. So uh, he's a public figure on his ministry page on Facebook, Grace to Change, doing a lot of amazing stuff there. He also heads up prophetic ministry at his church, Foundation 365, Let's give it up for my amazing guest today, Tommy John. Tommy! Woo! 
Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Hey, welcome, welcome to the show, man. I'm so excited to be on with you guys yeah. today. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, why don't you just jump right in to tell us who Tommy John is, um, and you can just jump right into your testimony that way, however you want to do it, whatever's most organic for you, but just tell the people who you are. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Tommy John. I am from Fresno, California. Born and raised. I'm so excited to be on with you guys today. So before I get started, I want to actually talk a little bit about my testimony. I'm yeah. so excited to have this opportunity. It's such an honor to be on this platform with Jeff and his team. I'm so excited about it. So Tommy John, I do prophetic ministry. I do a lot of stuff on my own public page, um, just Bible teachings, prayer, all that stuff. But before all that took place, um, I wasn't who I am today as of right now. Um, I did live a life. Of, of gender confusion for mm. quite some many years. So um, gradually growing up as a child, I lived in a dysfunctional childhood household. Um, there was a lot of alcohol going around. There was a lot of abusiveness taking place. A lot of perversion was introduced to this household, mm. to my family household. Um, growing up, it was very difficult actually trying to communicate, especially in grade school, um, especially um, seeing, I witnessing abusive take place within the wow. household. I really didn't know how to communicate with other kids. Um, they would have to come to talk to me so I would feel safe to actually open up to them. So that was a thing. So I really didn't know how to socialize. But being around um, majority of my sisters, I have a lot of older brothers and they were doing their thing, but I was always close to my sisters and my mother. So growing up, I was very in tune to femininity, um, being around such women and um, just learning from them, always feeling close to women um so that kind of like portrayed into how i gestured as a young child sure. to really put a, a target on my back from other kids of name calling baggage gay all this stuff yeah um and being around younger kids and not really knowing the terminology of those words or what they meant at that time um again too i uh, dealing with the whole perversion it really opened up a door to really going into encounters at the age of five years old um really it really went in from that place and really planted the seed of confusion um and again too like homosexuality um, um transgenderism all this stuff wasn't a terminology then although it was around but at, at the age five i'm just a child i don't right, really yeah. know what i was feeling at the time mm -hmm. or what i was thinking and honestly being around it so much it it seemed like it was the normal thing to do i didn't know anything other than that so so going into school and middle school, the name callings kept getting worse. I kept dealing with the same thing over and over um, with the other students. Um, I would just not I really be around other kids. Um, I was that loner at school. I was the one separated. Mm -hmm. Just trying not to deal with all the noise or have sure. anybody in my personal life to really get into how I was feeling or what I was really dealing with eternally. Because um, going into middle school, I'm dealing with the turmoil of feeling attraction to the opposite sex, um, not really realizing what it was and who can I talk to. I knew it was wrong. I grew up in church. I grew up as a child going to church. And again, too, um, with that being said, my parents were doing their thing. So they wanted to get rid of the kids. We have like 10 kids in the household that wow. they were trying to get rid of. In, yeah. regards, in regards to let's send them to church, you know, oh. let's send them to church, to the local community church that would come by and pick us up on a van. But this church showed us so much love, like so much love 
and compassion for, uh, you know, for children that came from um, not pretty much a rough area in the town yeah. where we were. But they showed us, demonstrated the love of Christ. And mm. I really feel like that planted the seed of knowing who Christ was. Um, and again, not really knowing him in relationship, but knowing of him. And okay. uh, so that kind of like planted the seed of the lifestyle that I kind of progressively went into. I always knew it was eternally wrong. Like this wasn't who I, nobody didn't have to tell me it was wrong. You I just, just knew. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wrong. And, um, but gradually going to school and going into middle school, high school, that was kind of rough because now I'm dealing with um, transitioning to um, high school, but dealing with the, still the name calling, not knowing who I am at this time, trying to figure everything out, not having an outlet of people to talk to. Um, I have, Again, the name callings weren't just within my own uh, schoolmates, but also too within family members. Hmm. So that it's like, who can I share what I'm dealing with eternally when they're already calling me certain things? And I just didn't have that open, open door of communication to feel safe with someone and share that with other than my mother. Um, So gradually trying to stay away from all the noise and the chatter, I kind of started ditching school. I started ditching school and really got caught up into doing um, drugs at the age of 13. I was introduced to cocaine um, at the age of 13. Um, It kind of progressed from there. Um, to living like a wild life and just um, being introduced to parties and stuff. Now, I didn't, I, at this time, I didn't come out. I didn't say I was gay. I was still dealing with the the turmoil and the thoughts and what is this, trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. But um, but I remember one, uh, one occasion, I remember telling my mom, um, I remember telling her in the kitchen, I was telling her, I told my mom, I said, mom, I, I feel like I'm bisexual reason why i said bisexual because i felt like it was a lesser evil softer blow yeah like there was still hope for a woman to be in the picture and the later on life yeah i've heard that actually a lot from from people that were in that lifestyle the the way they came out is they said they were bisexual but deep down they were like no i'm i'm gay is actually what i am but i this will be an easier pill to swallow for my family Yeah. yeah So, but uh, it, 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 it wasn't a pill to swallow with my mom. My mom, <laughs> I love, my, I love my mom. She told me uh, she, and again, she used the best uh, words that she can use, especially at this time um, was son. I think you're in denial. I think you're in denial. We're going to just, we're just going to walk this thing out. But this, that, that was pretty much what it is. Mm. So I was like, okay, th- then I'm just going to just, I already, I felt like there was a release of acknowledgement of that. So it kind of, what I gave voice yeah. to, I actually am um, allowed to allow it to manifest in my life. Even sure. More. Yeah. So from that point on, I started, um, fem- it just seemed like the femin- feminization began to increase in my life um, from actually going to school and shaving my eyebrows off, drawing them on, feminizing all this other stuff at the, literally at the age of 14. Wow. And um, it started progressing until when I actually started going deeper into a homosexual lifestyle and actually into the gay scene was at the age of 16. Um, I remember going to gay clubs at the age of 16. Mm -hmm. These are 21 years and older clubs, but they weren't really carding anybody. So you were able to get in and stuff like it was, it was easy. It's easy to get into stuff like that. Um, Again, too, they're so welcoming, you know, they'll embrace anything, everybody. Uh So that's where it was. I felt in that community embraced, 
like, oh, they really want to be around me. They really, I, they're feeling what I'm feeling, all this other stuff. So um, I'm already going into that, um, meeting people. Um, there was this thing called the chat line. Uh, for my, uh, the older folks, you guys might know what that is. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so that was the thing. And we use that on our, our phones, not our cell phones, but the ones with the wire that connects to the wall. Uh-huh. Uh, we used, uh, we, I used to call this chat line. And really, my voice was very soft and feminine. And at this time, and I remember a lot of people didn't know that I was a guy when I was talking to them. So I would, I would talk to other males and I would literally low key pretty much meet up with them. But before that, I would let them know. And, and that's how it kind of went into a place of more sexualizing of who mm-hmm. I was. But and it progressed in actually meeting people and hanging out, uh, doing, uh, going from a place of doing prank. Now, um, we know it to be crystal meth now. Crystal meth is more, um, I really don't want to get into, like, as far as and get into the, how that's formed and made all that stuff. But prank was pretty much, it was potent. And there's a lot of other stuff added to this particular drug. So what this drug does, it actually keeps you up for numerous amounts of days. Um, During this time of doing crystal meth, the longest days I've been up was six days without sleep or eating. Oh, dude. So doing all that, it left it literally, I mean, now that I know as a believer, it opened a door up into um, the supernatural. Um, I was was hearing things, seeing things, um, I was uh, being tormented to be honest, being tormented by certain things. Um, So that kind of played, that kind of played a part into actually progressing um, uh, perversion even deeper in my life when I started using drugs. So my whole life, I kind of dealt with oppression from the enemy. I always had nightmares, night terrors, all that stuff. Even as as a kid, as a kid you did, or just as you got older? No, as as a kid, all the way until um until I gave my life to Christ, okay, I would always deal with those night terrors of being oppressed, all that stuff. So there was times where I even actually opened myself up to actually getting my cards read. Um, so dealing with the cards, the individual who read it, she didn't use cards; she used dice. So interesting. So she used dice, and that that kind of opened a door up to uh, demonic activity. And actually being tormented, terrorized, all that stuff in my sleep life and my dream life. Um, and actually, when that kind of um, took place in this moment in life, I was already going into a place of dressing like a woman because I dealt with gender confusion for a while because I was feeling like I know I'm a boy, but what I'm feeling eternally and how I look, and at this time I'm looking feminized, I, I, I always struggled with I want to be a girl but i also want to be a boy so there was times in my life where i would grow my hair out super long and then i'll cut it off because i'm having a moment where i want to look like a like mm. guy and then grow it back over again so to the point where i just decided to grow my hair out and really go into a place of now starting to taking um, estrogen to grow female breasts Hmm. So I was taking estrogen for a while mm-hmm. and again dealing with the night terrors and dreams. Um, there was one particular night that I actually I was at home and I remember my mom always telling me during these um, traumatic events of waking up and yelling, screaming out for my mom to tell me to turn on the church channel. Um, and I always knew my mom to tell me that turn on the church channel. So in this moment, my hair's long. Um, I already had plans to go from. Um, again, I'm already doing prostitution. I'm already older at this time. I'm, I'm doing prostitution, drug addiction, very heavy on my life. 
all this other stuff. But my main goal was literally to go to Vegas and actually go through the process of getting surgeries. That was my okay. main goal. That was wow. the goal. Um, but in this particular night, um, to this day, I can't find the video. I mentioned I mentioned it to the 700 Club because I believe it was the 700 Club testimony that came on after I woke up from a, a nightmare. I turned on the church channel, and in this church, uh, on this testimony that was being shown, it was actually of a male um, that was telling his story of how he used to be a transsexual, but the Lord um, took him to hell and back and brought him back to let him know that he did not create him to be a man. Uh, not, he didn't create him to be a female, but a man. Wow. I woke up to that. So I woke up to hearing this testimony. Now, this testimony didn't change the direction of my life, but it, de it detoured me from mutilating my body. I stopped taking um, estrogen. I stopped taking estrogen shots. Now, these were you. You were able to buy these at these local Mexican shops called Botanicas. So okay. they would sell them over the, the counter. And what it is, it's just like literally like estrogen in a shot, a needle, and you just inject it. Wow, man. So, um, so it detoured my life to where I no longer wanted to go in that direction of shooting up to actually grow breasts. But it didn't change the the lifestyle. It didn't change my mindset. It didn't change mm. uh, me living still doing stuff on the street. So going from that place and actually at that in that time in life, I was living with my parents. I'm already older. I'm of age already. Um, and um, I ended up getting my own place. Um, again, the the prostitution kept continued to increase. I went from prostituting on the streets to actually doing stuff online. So yeah. in this moment. And this is just like the whole encounter moment that I had because I'm dealing, I've, I've dealt with a lot of oppression um, from the enemy. And just, I would always have these encounters, especially being on crystal meth. Now I'm on crystal meth um, for so many years already. And th this drug is the same. It's very potent. It kept me up for numerous of days too. So I would hear things. I would see things. Um, I'm here. I would hear growlings. I would have different, I would hear growlings in my ear. Too. I would hear demonic tongues, I, even my hair being pulled um, and, and at night while I'm dreaming, all this stuff. So I'm actually getting tormented. So this particular night, my brother and my sister were here at my house. Um, I was already encountering certain things, but um, I was coming down. I ended up going to sleep and just doing life all over again. They want to, you know, they, they came through. Do you want to you get high? Same routine. So it was just the same pattern over again. So I end up, um, end up getting high. Now weed wasn't my choice drug. I did, I smoked it, but it wasn't my choice drug. Yeah, you went harder. Yeah, yeah. And the thing was, in this moment, when I kind of went into a place of where it just seemed like God just unveiled everything to me, where I'm actually like, yeah, I was heavy sensing just the heavy demonic things that were um, around me, to where. Um, where I literally heard my brother, which is, I heard my brother. Now, I don't know if my brother in this moment, um, if he was actually doing any kind of witchcraft or doing any certain things like that or playing with that stuff. I don't know. Um, he, he passed away a few years back. But, um, um, but in that moment, I remember, him I remember hearing him telling me, he said, uh, which really freaked me out because he said, it's the witching hour. That right there kind of set things off for me to where it, it, it freaked me out because I knew what I heard. I just, I, I knew what I heard and I knew what I was feeling that moment. So I remember calling my mom and just trying to play cool in this moment, telling my mom, mom, can you call me? Can you pray for me? She didn't answer her phone. Um, so I left her a voicemail. 
So in this moment, I'm telling my brother, I just got, I just got this, this overwhelming just courage just to tell my brother, like, you got to get out of here. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Like, you got to get out. I don't want you here. You got to leave. Um, you just got to go. He ended up leaving. So in this moment, he thought I flipped my wig. Like, what's wrong? Like, why are you uh-huh. just getting high now? You're just, what, what happened? Yeah. I'm like, you got to go. I don't care. You just got to go. So I'm telling my sister in this moment, like, are you going to go with him? Are you staying? What, what's going to happen? So she ended up staying in this moment. And um, I remember my mom called back. And I remember in my mind, I'm thinking something's off with my sister. But all the while, I'm having my own encounter. So I'm thinking something's off with my sister. I'm telling my sister, mom's going to pray for us. I'm holding my sister down, thinking she's possessed. Like, it was really, wow. it was really weird. It was really weird. And um, it, I could just imagine what my sister was dealing with at that moment. Like, me, like, literally holding her down on a chair. Uh-huh. Like, she was probably thinking you were possessed, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, just show, it just shows you how twisted that drug, and especially how sensitive we were, but how the enemy was trying to use us like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's yeah. just, so... My mom called and prayed. She There was only so much she can do in that moment. So I remember telling my mom, you know, just come have my dad pick me up. So in this moment, I remember stepping outside my door. I even asked my sister after this, what did you see? Like, what happened? Because in this moment, um, when my dad was on his way to come pick me up, um, I rem- all I remember is that I went, I felt like I went physically blind. I couldn't see anymore. I Whoa. couldn't see nothing anymore. I, I knew I was conversating, but I couldn't see anything anymore from my front porch all the way into um, into the car and all the way to my parents' house. I asked my sister, what did you see that night that um, um, when everything took place? Um, she says, all I saw over you was a bright white light. All wow, I saw dude. was a bright white light. And I'll kind of get into a little bit more of that because... Um, a little bit after but in my encounter when i ended up getting to my parents house to the drive home i couldn't see nothing all i could feel was like hands all over me like multiple hands all over me and really i felt on my shoulders it was like burning sensations like my shoulders were being twisted like my muscles were being twisted and torn like you could just feel heat and just fire all over my body wow so i get to the living room and i remember telling my mom i i'm I didn't have the language for this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even a believer at this time. I'm like, I know, I know there's a God. I know, I know these things, but relational, I didn't, wasn't there. Right. Um, so I tell my mom if she could pray for me, because in this moment I'm feeling like I was about to be possessed. I'll, but in that moment, now I know better. I was already manifesting. I was already manifesting in this moment. So she began to pray. There was only so much that she can do. Now it's just me. Now it's just me and God in this moment because I, she kept praying. I, I, I was crying for about at least a good four hours, just crying on my mom's lap, just laying wow. on her lap, crying. And just like she was just praying that she couldn't do anymore. And wow. I remember my dad coming so, out. So really quick, though, Tommy. So yeah. your your parents, they weren't entirely believers when they were first sending you guys to, to church, right? When they're like, oh. But so wh- when did that transition happen for your mom? Because all of a sudden she was it always something that she kind of like always believed in Jesus, but was kind of like a nominal believer. Like what was there a, a transition that happened up, leading up to this moment for her? Um, yeah. So my mom has always been a believer, but she okay. she backslid and then she started coming back. She she had gotcha. a cancer scare that kind of brought her back. So but she always planted this seed. So she always knew of she's always known of. 
relational as far as with Jesus, but she had her time where she backslid and then she came back. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So moving back up, I didn't want you to lose your place. Your mom was praying for you and then your dad comes in. So my dad comes in and he's like, cause my dad yeah. doesn't have my dad. He was just like, why is he crying? He just came out like, why is he crying for uh -huh. my mom's like, just go in the room and just leave us alone. Just leave us alone. Just go in the room. So on my mom, she couldn't do it anymore. So I remember getting up off that couch, going laying on the other couch. And all of this moment, I didn't know what repentance looked like and surrender looked like in this moment. All I just knew in this moment was just to cry out. I just knew in this moment to cry out. I remember just telling God all the things that I was sorry for. I was sorry for how I treated my parents. I was sorry, I was sorry for um, homosexual acts. I was sorry for doing drugs. I was sorry how I treated my family. All this stuff. I just started repenting for Man. everything in my life. Yeah. And just I'm just crying out uh, and just telling him I was sorry, remorseful of everything that I've done. And then in this moment, I remember um, my mouth had opened so wide. I could feel my mouth physically being opened wide. And I remember air was being released out of my mouth. It was like seven deep breaths that were being released out of my mouth. But in that minute, in that minute that when all that was taking place, I knew in my spirit that that I was being delivered from seven yeah, spirits. Straight up, dude. So I was I was going through this encounter. And so to backtrack in my lifestyle of, of doing all the things that I did, I there was several different names, personas I would use. Okay. Um naming. So I, there was different um uh, the, for every little thing, I would I would use a different name, and these were alter egos that I had, and I I believe those were intact to the things that I was being delivered from too as well. Wow. So coming up out of that, I end up going into a place of like just like heavy sleep. I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning, and it was like I was able to see in color for the first time. Like everything felt like if I was gutted out. Like, and they just like, and this, I don't know how to explain it. It was like a clean, I can't explain. It was so clean to where I don't know what I've encountered, but I know I encountered something so fresh because yeah. I don't know what this is, but this is what, uh, this is what I want. Uh -huh. and, and it was like, I had this knowing, like I came to my senses to where I realized, oh my God, what did I do all my life? It just seemed like every encounter I did of dressing up, doing x y and z it just all came flooding in like oh my god like and like if i was being uh, uh played as a puppet for so many years to where now i'm actually living i'm actually living and seeing in full color of the things what i what i of did course. yeah so um it kind of went on from um there and i just felt like uh, in that moment i just felt like so clean um i kind of went into a place of going to um my mom, uh, that's what I was telling my mom. So like dealing with my sister, how I was telling you dealing with the, the white light and how I went blind in this moment. Uh -huh. yeah. The Bible talks about Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Yeah. We encountered Jesus, right? And a bright yeah. white light came uh -huh. and he went blind, right? So yeah. this was my road to Damascus experience. Man. And this is what I encourage a lot of people, especially mothers and fathers that um, that are praying for their kids. I wasn't saved. I didn't get delivered in a church service. I got I got delivered in my mother's living room of a praying mother's living room that I got delivered from a lifestyle of homosexuality, not just that, but perversion and everything else connected to that. So it's definitely an amazing story. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it as far as in just how I came to know the Lord and, man. and actually going in that. So it's like, it's been amazing, man. Yeah. Uh, 
So I have a question about uh, specifically about, you know, how you were saying you always kind of knew that that homosexual lifestyle was wrong. Um, was there ever any time, cause I've talked to people that are even still in that lifestyle who are like, you know, they'll kind of double down on God. They may even still believe in God. They're like, God didn't make a mistake. Like I'm not a mistake and, and, and all of this. And, and so for you, was it like recognizing that, that you always had that part of you that was like, this is wrong. Did you find yourself pushing harder into that lifestyle or even into drugs or whatever to drown out maybe that conviction that was there? Or was it always something that was there? Or did you try and like ignore that conviction? It's no, like it, it was always there. I mean, there were, it wasn't there 24 hours. Obviously there would be moments where I have those down times and actually think course, about life. Yeah. Yeah. I would think about life and um, what's again, what's it all about? But in those moments, it, it was always there. The Bible talks about the law is written on our hearts, mm -hmm. right? And if and it's like those things, like the yeah. law was the written on my heart to know right from wrong. Mm -hmm. The more just the, the moral moral law to know right from wrong, and it, I just knew that those particular things were never right. Um, and it was something that even when I would dress up, or even when my nieces or nephews or young kids were around me. Um, I would tell them, don't look at me, turn around, go the other way. Like, you know, don't address me by um, her or anything. I would tell them those things because in those moments, that's, I knew eternally, that's not what I was. I always knew I was a man. I always knew I was, I was a guy. I didn't try to make somebody and force somebody to believe that I was something I wasn't. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. Cause like we, um, this guy actually, like he went home to be with the Lord a couple of months ago, but he started watching this show. And he was still living like a woman. He's a biological male. He started writing me. He started following me, following the show. He wrote me and, and you know, he and I would go back and forth. Uh, his name was Ray. And um, he, he was like, look, I know I'm a biological male. So he already was in that place. But like, yeah, I mean, it's amazing, dude. Like, cause like even at the end of his life, like he fully renounced he's like, I'm no longer trans. I am a biological male. And then like shortly, I would say like, like two months after that is when he went home to go be with the Lord, you know, but, um, it's just cool to see. I mean, God's doing this in a lot of people's lives. And I think, you know, backstage, we were talking about the, the, the fear from people that have maybe walked that path, you know, that you've walked that are now, you know, they're a new creation in Christ. They're walking a righteous life, but there's a lot of uh, maybe a lot of uh, nervousness or fear even to share that side of their story with people. And, you know, you were telling me backstage that you you help walk through those people like to, to build up the courage. Why do you think there is fear uh, to talk about the things that you like sharing the testimony that you just shared? Why do you think that is? Um, I believe there's still shame. There's still residue of shame and guilt. Mm of living something out that we kind of come into knowledge of now i know this is not what god intended for my life so there still might be some shame and guilt feel still there also too just the fear of man um i dealt with the fear of man um for several years of sharing my testimony and to be honest i started sharing my testimony fully i would share parts of it but i wouldn't share this part um, but now I know that the real story has the, it has the anointing. It has mm -hmm. the, the, the yoke breaker, right? So, yeah. um, 
But yeah, dealing with the fear of man, it was hard for me to share it because the guilt and shame of, of doing certain things. And I had to come to the realize that the Lord died for all that. He died, mm-hmm. he, he died for my mm-hmm. sin. He died for every act that I've done. And now I, now I kind of went into a place of actually speaking up. Now, the thing is, um, dealing with the fear of man, what it tries to do is it tries to silence you. So what did I do to overcome it? I did the exact opposite of what it was trying to do. I kept talking. I kept getting on a Facebook Live and kept sharing. I kept posting. I kept going into that place of really breaking out of that place to where now I'm just, I'm just being launched out full of ministry in regards to just sharing my story to whoever will listen to, whoever will listen to it and yeah. be encouraged by it because there's so many individuals who are struggling with uh, with um, the fear of just speaking. And in this moment, I, and it's not just in this moment, but there's always been a demand on our voice to actually begin to speak out and share what Christ has done for us. Mm. The Bible says in Revelations 12, 11, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Now, the thing is, we, we are not overcoming because we're not testifying. The more you testify, the more you will overcome. In regards to the fear wow. of man or the shame yeah. and all that stuff, so that <laughs> that's that's where, that's where um, I kind of stemmed out from and really caught that revelation of that of that passage. But I, I'm yeah, my heart is just to encourage those that people, your voice is the key to unlock people out of bondage. Like like we when we catch that and realize how powerful our voices and how God wants to partner with us, how the Holy Spirit wants to partner with us. And really, and really breaking individuals out of chains and bondages, like that's so amazing that a God would want to partner with His creation. Like yeah. that just blows my mind. That yeah. blows my mind. <laughs> Especially when like we've gone through, like we made messes of things, you know. And He's like, I still want to use you. And you're like, Why? You know. And it's just, yeah, like it just brings so much humility and also awe and gratitude towards the Lord when you know, you recognize areas that you have faltered in and then he's redeemed those. He's like, now we use those to win people to meet, you know, and to transform lives, you know? And the fact that he uses our stories like that is just like, what man, like it's, it's so powerful, dude. Like, um, so what was the process like then? You know, you had this road to Damascus moment, right? In your mom's living room. How did Tommy get from there to Tommy today? Like, what was that process like? Because, you know, look, I mean, like these things, you obviously you felt like a cleanliness that you'd never felt before. And it was like, ah, this is what I've been looking for. This is what all the, I was trying to get all the drugs and all the sex and whatever else uh, to fill that void. This is it. I found it. Um, but what was what was day number one of of the, walking this out and and beyond what was that like well, day number one was was really something because i re- i already wanted to go to church i wanted to go in church i knew i encountered i knew i encountered the lord in this moment yeah yeah but at this time i'm i'm i still look feminine my hair is long my hair my hair is above my butt like all this other stuff mm-hmm. like I, I i still look a certain way and i remember i can't go looking dressed the way I would normally dress in, in females clothes. So I remember going to a local store, a clothing store. I felt so gross because I didn't have no no guy clothes going into there dressed like that and having an encounter like that. Like it was it was a gross moment for me. 
Um, I, it is so weird too because I remember walking in and somebody's like, "Is that Tommy?" And I'm like, "Oh man!" I was like turning my face, like I just like I didn't want anybody to see me. <laughs> it was just one of those moments. It was yeah. awkward, and I'm like trying to hide. And You're I like, ended no, being, not Tommy. <laughs> I'm like getting my clothes, and I just just got out real quick. Bottom got out real quick, and then that. So from that point on, I again my hair. Um, I would tie it in a bun, and I'll just attend church like that. Until I made an ultimate decision to where I remember I love my brother. He's probably on the live. He's probably in the comments right now. Um, he he would always tell me he's like, bro, he's like, let's get baptized. You know, really encourage me and mm -hmm. try, really trying to get me in. And I'm like, let me walk this out myself. Yeah. One thing I told the Lord, I said, if you're gonna save me, save me for real, because I don't want I don't want people to think that you are not capable of saving an individual from where I came from. Wow, that was yeah. my heart, and I and that was my heart during the process. And I I told the Lord, I said. You're gonna have to tell me. You're gonna have to tell me what you want me to do because I I don't want to move on someone else's decisions of what they want for my life. I want this this to be between me and you. So he showed me in a dream um, of a minister at my current church, my current church at that time, and all he said in this dream was, "Are you ready?" And I woke up, and in that moment, I had a knowing. This is what it was. There, I had to go into a place of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ just to experience that in that moment, right? But like, um, I went into a place of, of getting Bible studies. Again, my hair, my nails were long, all that stuff. I had to go into a place of submission. Now, there was this one time I was I was getting ready. I was I was getting ready. I was taking a shower, and I was like contemplating, Lord, I want to cut my hair. I really want to dedicate my whole my whole self to you. And and again, the process is is easy when you come into a place of submission. When you're when you place your, put yourself in place of submission unto the Lord and just allowing Him to work on you without fighting it, Whoa. it's it's easy. Yeah. So, at this moment, I'm crying in the shower and I'm telling the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I, I dedicate this hair to you. I dedicate this hair to you. I'm gonna go get this cut off because that was my identity. My identity was found in my hair, so it was symbolic to me to where I was cutting off an old lifestyle. I was cutting off an old mindset of how I used to be, how I used to dress. And really, uh, really going into a place of being transformed outwardly because the Lord was already working eternally within my heart of uh, doing the full transformation, right? So I ended up going to the salon and the lady looked at me. She's, are you sure you want to cut your hair because your hair is super long? And I'm like, uh, yeah. So she just cut it off real quick. But for the ladies that are watching, you guys know how heavy hair is, especially when you cut it off, you feel the weight of the release. Now, this was more spiritual. I felt a weight been lifted off of me of dealing with my old way of living, old way mm. of thinking. It was just an old identity being cut off of me. And the Bible even talks about the circumcision of the heart, right? Yeah, so yeah. this was all of that was taking place in this moment on the chair. And then from that moment, the process had to continue. It's still continuing. Of course. I, I, like, the process is always going to be there. We're always going to go through a process. Uh -huh. So, um, uh, from that moment, um, I literally submitted areas to the Holy Spirit in regards to my gesturing. And my gesturing was wild because I did 28 years of doing my hand gesturing, all uh -huh. this, my speech, my language, all that stuff. I had wow. to submit those things in Man. and really allow him to recreate in, recreate in me who I was from the foundations of the earth, who he destined to, who he destined me to always be. So those are those things where I had to go into and actually just submit unto God um, a way of thinking, a way of how I did certain things. And was it always easy? No. 
um, it wasn't always easy, but it was always accompanied with the word of God. Uh, in this process, I always partnered it with the word of God. Um, the Bible tells us, too, dealing with the renewing of our mind. Uh, and Romans chapter 12, verses 2, right? Mm-hmm. To be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I yeah. love that portion of scripture, the transform, the transforming. Uh, the Greek word metamorphosis, where we get our metamorphosis, right? So mm-hmm. it's just an overall changing. So the Lord did something with my mind and just really changing how I seen life, how I did, how I did life at that moment, and even now. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. So, but it really came into a place of just submitting to the Lord in those areas. Mm, yeah. So it was funny that you mentioned Romans chapter 12, verse two, because I was thinking of chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse one about, uh, therefore, um, uh, it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And that, I was thinking about that while you were talking, just like, that's what it's about, man, is like, and I, I think what there's a, a couple of things you said where I was like, like, really powerful. Like, God, if you're going to change me, change me for real. I don't want to, I, I don't want to in a lot of ways, I don't want to bear false witness. I, I, I actually want to be a transformed image as a proper testimony of what you can do, uh, because that gives so much hope to people, you know? And the other thing I love, Tommy, is that this isn't just about LGBTQ issues. This is about any sin in our lives. And I think that so often we focus on LGBTQ is like the big bad. And I'm like, it's sin. It's sin, just like stealing, just like... <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Um, and I think that there's such a power. I mean, it's so powerful what you're talking about, about overcoming and continuing to lay down and be like, Hey, I don't want to, I just want to move when you say move God, I don't want to move because someone else thinks it's a good idea. Like your brother, well-intentioned say, yo, let's get baptized. Great idea. But you being sincere and being like, God, I want to know that like, everything I'm doing is honoring you and that it's where you're directing me. Man. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so good, man. This is great. Um, I, there was a couple of things you said. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, well, yeah, I was curious about like, cause you had a dream very shortly after this road to Damascus thing and, and all of that. Um, have you always, been a dreamer have you always had a prophetic gifting that maybe was distorted or abused um but have you always had that or was that something that happened post salvation no um it was always like that like like even okay so dreaming has always been my thing i've uh i i always dreamt since i was younger until now um so i always had that with me and even even living how i used to live i would have moments where i would i would hear the voice of god didn't know who he was at the time calling my name at this there's i'll just share this portion real quick um it was after my friend had died it was one of my best friends my close friends had passed away and in this moment i remember i was in between twilight asleep and awake and i see this white light in the corner of my room and i begin to hear i begin to hear this light call my name talk by name call me by my name Tommy, Tommy. And um, I always, in this moment, I thought it was my friend, but 
now I know it was my friend, the Lord. I knew it was the Lord now because we looked at scripture how, how the Lord always called people by their name twice. Martha, Martha, Peter, Peter, so-and-so, and so so Samuel, Samuel. Yeah. So I would always have those encounters hearing God, but not knowing it was him. But he was, he's always been calling me. He's always been calling me. But yeah. Man. So, I, you know, you're very, very upfront, very open about what you went through. I would imagine, because I know that there's a lot of people within the LGBTQ community who are like, once gay, always gay. You're in denial. Uh, you know, you're, this is still who you are. I'm sure you've had people say things like that. And I think a lot of it is met with in and of your own ability, as you experienced, and this, this applies to any sin, in and of your own ability, you cannot get rid of it. You cannot, it, like any efforts to try, it's met with like, um, you know, and it's interesting. I've brought this up a couple of times with other people that we've had on the show that share similar testimonies. Um, it, and I, I'm always curious to hear their, their kind of opinion um, on it or their experience. But I was listening to this, um, this panel of, of men and women who got delivered of this lifestyle. They're following the Lord now, spirit-filled believers. And they unanimously said, it what I for years I prayed the gay away. I was trying to pray the gay away. And they said it wasn't until I surrendered it all. And I said, God, I am laying all of these desires, I'm laying all these things down in the belief that you've got something better for me. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, if you agree, if you feel like there's actually more to it than that, uh, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, so dealing with individuals like um are we are we addressing like same sex attraction? Is that where is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the, so, yeah. Dealing with, so dealing with same sex attraction, um, there's individuals who God just delivers like that. Like mm -hmm. they just they don't have that anymore. It's just radically just just removed. But there's some that are that it's really intense for some, and then there's some where it's doesn't even it's there, but it don't bother them or anything like that. And again, too, that's the whole deliverance process. Deliverance is a process. Deliverance mm -hmm. for me personally, deliverance is a process. And it's constantly going before the Lord again, too, by the renewing of my mind and actually submitting those areas to the Lord. Now, for me, it's there, but it don't bother me. Yeah. But at the same time, too, I, I still believe that God can miraculously eradicate it. Those are the, eradicate that and in, in general. So that's just my heart on it. Now, for other individuals, I champion them on in regards to like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to condemn them um, because they may feel some type of way. It doesn't mean that they never really had their encounter with God. It's just that there's still a process of deliverance that they're going through. Sure. People go sure. through different traumatic events in their life. Um, again, too, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, our spirit's as pure as he is, but we still deal with our mind, will, and emotions. Of course, yeah, our soul, are, soul yeah. still, yeah. So the those money. are those things that we still got to go through the process of that. And that's where, you know, again, too, I, I heard that a lot from the community. Oh, no, you're still that way whatever you're still that way and uh -huh. we see the community also too always embracing it in regards to just come out of the closet you know but as a believer now me as a believer now i'd rather stay in the closet i'd rather stay in the secret <laughs> and stay in the secret yeah, place. the closet is a secret place yeah <laughs> so you know that's my place of worship and that's what i encourage other individuals that whether if they deal with that the ssa to stay in that place of worship stay mm. in that secret place constantly stay in that place and again, too, and just really um, ask the Holy Spirit to really just remove every residue. I, I always ask, I always ask the Lord, remove every residue. 
of mm. what, what it was like because there's still junk on us sometimes of course you know and it's just the outer not inner but still outer certain things that are still there that um but that's just me that's where i see it but um yeah yeah so what would you say to people who maybe are dealing with ssa or same-sex attraction um uh uh and they're you know they're going to church and this has been this this thing that they've uh maybe really been wrestling with like what would you uh, I, i'm sure you've had people ask you this question before but what would you say say to those people and then if you are a individual that someone works up the courage to confess this to how is that person supposed to respond to this? what's the best course of action for the person confessing or getting up the courage to confess and the person who is actually the uh the person that they're confessing to so the individual who's like confessing uh, they're dealing with certain things. Get around other believers that are encouraging you, that are spirit-filled believers, um, people who love to pray. Get around a church that loves to pray. Um, get in, get into that place of uh, worship atmosphere. But really, um, many people, the ones that I would encourage them to get around community, because community is key. Uh, being around other believers, helping you out in, in mm -hmm. areas where we fall short, right? The Bible talks about confess our sins to one another that we may be healed, right? So those are those things where when we confess, there's there's a healing that's attached to that. And there's a healing that's attached to that. And we may not see it miraculously right there and then, but again, the healing is a process too as well. So, but the need for community is so important because without it, there's individuals who struggle with this that had an encounter with Jesus and still never really knowing how to have an outlet to share with. So they're constantly thinking that, oh, I never, I never changed. I'm still the same mm -hmm. way. And then they're sent back out doing the same thing. But they, so without community and are being equipped for the believers now, addressing the believers, get equipped on some of this stuff, you know, yeah. get some books, get some, um, get around people who are healthy, read some books, some information, get that in you. So, and to where you're able to minister to them effectively, effectively mm -hmm. in a place of love, truth, truth, and grace. Now the grace, the grace has always has to accompany truth when we're when we're ministering to anybody that's yeah, good you know and it's and that's the thing where i i constantly see the truth the truth the truth but there's no grace in there yeah and it's like uh and this is why i'm big on how people minister to like people from the lgbt community with their picket signs turn or burn like you know just throw those in the dumpster yeah it's not gonna work Set it's not gonna save anybody yeah yeah like it, and it just paints the body of Christ to look like that as a whole. Like we're just like people of just, we just hate individuals. Like it doesn't look right. Yeah. But uh, when you show them the love and just embrace them where they're at and give them grace to change. Now my ministry page, grace to change. That was interesting because for an individual who came out of the lifestyle, I didn't have grace for other individuals who came out, but they really didn't submit to the process. I was frustrated seeing individuals. <laughs> I was frustrated seeing individuals who came out, but yet the gesturing was still there. But yeah. they've been in the Lord for a long time. And the Lord told me, He said, Tommy, you don't give nobody grace to change. Hmm. I've given you nine years. This is this is a few years back. I've given <laughs> you nine years, but you don't give no one grace to change. Wow. And in that moment, I was talking to a friend, I was sharing this experience with her. And in that moment, the Lord dropped it in my spirit. That's your ministry name, Grace to Change. <laughs> so, Dude. How cool. Based <laughs> off of a very gentle rebuke from the Lord, yeah. but a rebuke nonetheless, <laughs> met with conviction, you know, it's, uh, that's so cool, man. So I, I guess, uh, yes or no, Tommy, if there are any people that are dealing with 
same sex attraction right now. Uh, and it's been, they've kept it closeted or people who are living an openly homosexual lifestyle. Yes or no. Can they be delivered from this lifestyle? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes. Uh, it, it's definitely, uh, yes, it can. <laughs> yeah. And I know, again, like you mentioned earlier, they painted the big bad, like, yeah. you know, has like this worse. No. So it was a lying tongue and gossip. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so in, in regards to oh, what I was gonna say, oh, it was right there, Tommy. Ooh, it's not there anymore. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I had like two things that I wanted to say, and then I forgot both of them. But um, let's move on. Uh, it'll come back. Um, so obviously, you know, you walked this out, but now you're, I mean you're doing a lot of really cool stuff. So like, was there a nervousness for you to start stepping out into this or were you full, full blown? Like, no, this is exactly what God wants me to do now, especially with like the grace to change thing. And obviously you're doing prophetic ministry at your church, all that stuff. I'm really curious. Um, no, it, it took some time. Like it took some time to get to this place because I had to go to the place of being processed as well. You yeah. know, it's going into a place of immaturity and to a place of maturity, especially handling the word of God. It's very important to me. I feel like um, that's one thing I've always known that that would be a call on my life to minister. Um, so there was times where I, at, my, at my old church, I was asked to teach the youth. So I'd done that for some quite some years. Um, I didn't think I was qualified, but God said otherwise. Um, and I had a heart for youth. But um, but now um, being online and doing certain things within my church, like it, it all came from a place of process, being processed by the Lord in relationship with the Holy Spirit and just really getting into that, really getting into that place of figuring out who I am, my identity. Identity plays a big key in this, too, because we could be in the Lord still, still not know who we are. Yeah, come on. But the thing is, that's where uh, for me personally is just the, uh, knowing who I am and knowing whose I am. And that's the thing um, where I'm at now. And uh, he, knowing with clear accuracy what he's called me to do and actually just for, just doing the assignment, just doing the assignment that God has placed in my life. And it's been easy. It wasn't always easy. Um, yeah. And it's just something um, I grew to to love. Um, I grew to just keep talking and sharing just about the goodness of God and what he's done in my life. Yeah. Uh, and again, we're sharing this in the back and backstage, the, the foundational truth of our, our, our salvation is our testimony. Right. And then we build on that and we build yeah. on that. Yeah. Well, and I, um, do you, uh, so I want to talk about that. I remember one of the things I was going to say, which was the whole idea of like born this way, you know, people are like, Oh no, I'm born this way. Why do you think there is, I mean, obviously we can look at it from a spiritual, spiritual Avenue. If you want, we can look at it from a physical, we can look at it from both if you want, but do you feel like some of it is because there has been so there has been a lot of abuse towards people that are living that lifestyle. Uh, and maybe it's like a doubling down of like, no, that maybe it is a pride thing of like, no, this is, this is who I am. I bore my stripes, but I'm just really curious why there's so much of a latching onto born this way. And I've heard from other people who used to live in that lifestyle and now don't that they're, they even get a lot of hate from people from that community because they're like you're lying to yourself you're lying to yourself and maybe it is just a denial of like or just not even believing that they can change but i would love to hear your thoughts on the whole born this way thing 
So dealing with the board, um, born this way thing, <laughs> I think that kind of like kicked off when Lady Gaga came up with that song. You know, <laughs> that kind of uh, feel to the fire. So, but yeah. that, we know through scripture. I think it was um, King David where he said, "I was knitted in my mother's womb in iniquity." So whether whether that's possible, or whether if we were born into sin, right? We're all born into sin. Now people can say, "I was born this way." And again, so not everybody had an encounter like mine dealing with growing up. People actually lived in church households, you know, and actually still struggled with this. Don't even know how it came about, where it came from, how it was introduced to their life. But for the ones that say, you know, I was born this way, but the Bible clearly tells us, Jesus tells us, we must be born again. Yeah, we, can't right. use it. we can't use this as an, as an excuse when we come into a place of relationship with Christ. We want to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, come on. And, that, and that looks like dying to my old self. Mm. And again, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you uh, take up your cross, right? So that paints a picture of a whole dying, uh, dying scene. I have to die to those things of my nature, my desires, all that stuff, and really put that to the uh, even my identity of who I believe I think I am to believing who God says I am. So, yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. So in regards to uh, just kind of as we're closing out, I, I wanted to kind of go back to that moment with the road to Damascus moment that you had. Yeah. Um, obviously you'd had same sex attraction and you'd mentioned that for you, it wasn't like a light switch. So for you, even that next day, even though you felt clean inside, you felt different that temptation was still there if you wanted to give into it, but it was easy. It was almost like you could, if I'm understanding correctly, it seems like you could almost like think straight for the first time. So you could actually see more clearly like, okay, here's this encounter that I just had bringing me peace that I haven't felt ever um, and wholeness and, and I feel clean, but I also have the choice if I want to, to go back over to, that lifestyle. Am I describing that correctly? Was that kind of your process? Yeah. So like even, even through that process, like the, um, the enemy still would torment me and my, and dreams and stuff like that. Mm. I would still have encounters. I would still do all that stuff. Um, friend, I still had friends. They would come around all that stuff to where God had to literally remove them from my life until I got into a place where I was able to be um, able to go around individuals like that, you know? So, but um yeah, so it went from that place, but the uh, again, drug addiction, alcohol, cigarettes, all that got eradicated like that night. Wow. I, even I, I even tested God. I was, I even tested God <laughs> for cigarettes. I told, I told my dad, give me a cigarette. It was already, I was already a few, a few months in going to church to see if this is a legit thing because I was even testing God. Uh huh. I remember asking my dad for a cigarette that was telling like, uh, let me just give me one whatever so i ended up taking it with me and i was like struggling with this should i test it i did and it felt like i ate a whole cigarette in my mouth like i was chewing on chewing tobacco huh. and that moment i knew god delivered me for real for real like this yeah, is, yeah 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 um, from addiction all that stuff and it's like people were like well why would you even test it i just like it was something i did with the lord then it's not something i wanted it's not something i was yearning for mm -hmm. i wanted to go back for those things but it's yeah, like i got you, you know? but i was just like yeah but the lord delivered me for real for real so that's what i'm yeah. like well, I just think that's like such an important, I really wanted to hit that detail in closing just because you were talking about a lot of stuff and, and whether someone is walking through the same thing, similar things that you walked through, or they're walking through something completely different, um, that sometimes we do want to look at like, okay, magic switch flip, you know, and, and we have an encounter with the Lord, but we don't 
we're expecting a complete erase, you know, erasure of, of whatever that desire was. And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't, but an encounter is an encounter and deliverance is deliverance. And, and that will yield itself to transformation. So long as we focus less on maybe some lingering things that we're still have that we feel temptation towards or whatever, but focus, fixing our gaze on him and, and pursuing him. It's like, true north it's like reorienting ourselves to what yeah. true north is rather than being like well all these other places still exist well yeah but now you know the direction to go and yes yeah, sometimes like with you drugs alcohol all that stuff that addiction boom gone but for you it's been a process to walk out the same sex attraction and all that and it's just like what an amazing testimony of god's goodness so long as we stay the course yes so whatever you guys are dealing with, whoever's listening to this, whatever you're dealing with, and you had an encounter with the Lord. I mean, it's just going back to like, God, if you're going to save me, I want you to save me for real. I want to, I want this to be for real. Well, then what do we need to do to position ourselves to, to cover our bases with those other things? Like you were saying, Tommy, community is a huge one. Surrounding ourselves with, with believers who are going to champion you in the right direction. Um, it's huge. So boom. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So Tommy, I would love for you to pray for people as you feel led. I mean, this was just an amazing time. I, yeah, it was so good. I'd love for you to pray for people. Okay. Nice. I definitely, again, my heart is for mothers and fathers who are dealing with children who are living in this particular lifestyle or who have children who actually known the Lord, grew up in the Lord and, and, and went into this lifestyle Mm. with prodigal, prodigal sons and daughters. Um, The Bible talks about restoring the senses um, in regards to on um, the prodigal son on Luke 15 verse 17, and it says how how the Bible says he he came to his senses. He realized that he had it better in his father's house, of where he was at, what he was doing. And so I believe that God in this moment, I just want to encourage some of the mothers and fathers that mm. the Lord is restoring the senses of our children in this generation. So good, you know they've been our, their senses have been hijacked by the enemy to do the to do the works of of his pleasings of what he wants. But I feel like the Lord is restoring all that. And we're hijacking the senses of our children by, by through way of prayer and um, going into that place. So I just mm-hmm. want to encourage the mothers and fathers, stay strong, stay in prayer, stay fervent in prayer, and believe that God is going to move on your behalf, right? Mm-hmm. And so, Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you that you are restoring the senses of the lost sons and daughters, Father. We thank you that you are bringing them home. We thank you that you have a ring, a robe, and sandals for them, Father Lord God. You embrace them, Father. You would do it all. You would do it all over again just for them. So, Father, I just pray that the parents will be encouraged, and for those ones who are struggling um, with SSA or just struggling with just the process of just submitting, Father, I just pray that you would give them grace, give them grace to endure the process. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for the fruit that is going to be produced in their life in their family's life and in their children's life. So Father, we just give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Tommy, how can people follow you? How can they uh follow Grace to Change? All that good stuff. Let people know. Um you can follow me on Grace to Change. Um it's on Facebook. Um also too you can follow my uh, personal page uh, on Tommy John Mota. And I'm also on Instagram um on Grace to Change. But uh, how it's spelled out it's grace period two period change and um yeah those are places where you can find me i do a lot of ministry on there um the lord really i did this one topic 
on restoring the senses. Um, I believe the Lord is really um, putting on my heart to do that over again. So mm, keep a look out awesome. for that if you do follow me. Awesome. All right, everybody, you know the drill. Everything is in the description. Um, easy peasy for you. Open that up. You can go follow Tommy that way. Uh, you can also type. Actually, it's pretty easy on Instagram. You just type in Tommy John and you'll see Grace to Change pop up usually. So uh, that's how I found you when Kara said, go follow Tommy. So, um, man, thank you so much. Like, thank you for your transparency, your vulnerability. Um, so good, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. I appreciate it. Everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Thursday. Tune in tomorrow. We've got filmmaker Ben Pauling on. Uh, he reached out to me. Uh, he's actually working on an anti-human trafficking child trafficking anti-child trafficking but human trafficking film um really high quality really great really great guy i talked to him on the phone uh he's passionate like me and it's gonna be crazy so um that's gonna be tomorrow at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time um god bless you guys we love you we'll see you tomorrow with ben pauling 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time okay bye love you bye Woo! this has been elijah fire thanks for listening for more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.